You've tuned into localjobnetwork.com radio and you're listening to the LJN Radio Quad, where our radio hosts gather to share their thoughts, ideas, and perspectives on all topics employment related. I'm Lynn Molitor, and joining me in the quad is Jacqueline Peterson. Hello. Laura McBain. Hi, everyone. And our special guest today, Ashley Fitzgerald, the sales and training manager at LJN. Hello. We are going to start today's conversation with a reality check. Do you know when you should quit your job? (laughs) (laughs) Laura, please tell us more. Now, this is not pertaining, of course, to anyone in this room. I just want to put that out there. (laughs) But we always talk a lot about employment and how to get people jobs. But, you know, we need to know, too, when do we should we quit our job? So part of success is knowing when to quit and when to take one position and leave it and go on to another or, you know, when you've outgrown something. So I thought this article was interesting that I read, and it gave some times or some suggestions. One of them was quit, of course, when the cost outweighs the benefits. And they were talking about both monetary and, you know, maybe your mental health. Maybe you're in a stressful environment or something like that, and it's just taking a toll on you. Or quit when you're doing it for the wrong reason. So maybe you're staying around just because maybe you like your coworkers so much you don't want to move on to another position or, you know, other reasons. Or quit when your job, quit your job when your life changes and also quit your job to change your life. So, you know, sometimes you have a job and then maybe you decide to start a family and, you know, maybe the work hours don't fit or maybe you need a little bit more flexibility or money or something like that. So it's those kind of things. But the other thing that they did say, too, was to quit with a plan. So it's never really a great idea to just quit your job, <laughs> you know, on a whim and, right. you know, without any idea of what you're going to be doing. So, I, But I thought it was interesting to talk about, you know, when do we leave our position? I That article actually made me think of one of my girlfriends who uh, a couple years ago had graduated from nursing school. And when you recently graduate from nursing school, and Ashley, you could probably attest this because your sister's a, a nurse, yeah. a recent mm-hmm. nurse grad, um, you sort of get the the funky shifts, like the third mm-hmm. shift and whatnot. Oh, okay. So <laughs> she's got two young boys, and um, and young, I think they're, both of them are under three, actually. And, well, guess what? They only had third shift open. Uh-huh. So she had been working the third shift and working it, and she was just miserable. She couldn't just the ba- she couldn't balance it. She right. couldn't balance mm-hmm. the, the responsibilities, um, her husband's schedule, and then her schedule of work too. So she ended up um, she ended up quitting that shift and getting a different shift in another department that was a better fit for her. And it was hard for her, and she felt bad that she was leaving after a short period of time. But she had to make the choice: mm-hmm. like, am I going to be a safe nurse? Am I going to be a good nurse if I'm having a really hard time, you know, staying up this late and when I really want to go to sleep? Because she even just said, like, Mm -hmm. mentally she couldn't give what she knew she was capable of giving. Well, and then her her whole life was probably miserable both at work and then at home. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So she ended up quitting that, um, that position, got a new position. Different shift, same hospital, different department. They were happy that that the organization overall got to keep her because she's a a valuable asset. Um, But she did have to quit because it just wasn't the right fit to your point Mm -hmm. as far as like the personal needs. And like like she said, she'd come home and she'd be like, I'm just not as safe as a nurse as I think I could be because those hours are just my mind doesn't function the Mm -hmm. right way. So 
And I think all of us like safe nurses. Yeah. We, we really do. <laughs> right. I was going to say in that profession, it's better to uh, move on to a new position then, especially if you don't feel like you're safe. But I think there's a lot of positions where, you know, just from my experience, I feel like people get really stagnant and don't feel like they can go anywhere else, which leads them mm-hmm. to wanting to quit and move on to the, the next position. But they, like they mentioned this article, don't want to feel like a failure for quitting. But I think actually in that situation, um, if you feel stagnant and you feel like you can do better than where you're at at this point, it is better for you to move into a new position and think through that. But again, making sure that you have that plan is obviously the best route. Oh, yeah. And sometimes when you're growing your career, that means going from one job to another one. But, you know, you make connections where you're at. So you don't want to leave. But you know, especially when you're starting out your career, that's what you need to do. You need to take other opportunities. I know that article resonated with me because years ago I was on a work team and, you know, I was in a large organization. So people were transferring, Jacqueline, to your point with the, the story about the nurse. And I was on this team and I really wanted to be there until the end of our project. And then all of a sudden my team members all started to transfer You know, Mm. and one of the reasons why I stayed behind was because I liked the team and I felt, you know, I felt something about, you know, towards my manager and everything. And then my manager left, you know, and then it suddenly dawned on me. It's like I'm staying here for the wrong reasons because everyone else is going to move on and I'm going to be the one stuck behind. So that's not a good reason to stay. No. So. But I like what you said, you know, have a plan. Yeah, you need to. (laughs) You really need to. You know, some people quit on the spur of the moment, and that just never works out well. Yeah. That's what we call reactive. Yes. Don't do that. (laughs) Don't react. There's a tip for you. Don't quit on the spur of the moment. (laughs) Be proactive, not reactive. (laughs) But it can be a good thing. Quitting can be a good thing. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. (laughs) So our next topic is about Generation Y or millennials, those people in their 20s and 30s who were mostly born to baby boomers and were shaped by 9-11. Ashley, what are we going to be talking about with this one? Yeah, so I've, you know, attended a lot of different training sessions, and I know it is usually a hot topic with um, some of the baby boomers and just saying, well, how do I relate to this generation? And I think they get, like this article that I had found kind of mentions, they do get put in a box of, you know, being lazy or entitled or um, tech obsessed and, um, you know, just wanting to change things all the time. And so, you know, I definitely, I feel like I have a different view of that. And I feel like there's a lot of really great qualities that Generation Y can bring to an organization. And so I guess I just wanted to grab your feedback overall on what have you experienced in working with this generation? You know, do you feel like that is a kind of a true statement or, you know, do you, have you had great experiences with um, this age group, if you will? I think for me personally, it's just about leveraging their – I don't ever really look at what generation they're from mm-hmm. per se. I, I more so just look at the skills and the talent that they're bringing. I will say though that um, – I'll be honest. I do think there is a little sense of entitlement that I've experienced of like it's more – at least my experience has been it's more of, well, what are you going to do for me versus what am I going to do for you? Yeah. I have personally experienced it, so I, I, I can say that. But at, on the flip side, I love how techie they are because oh, I'm yeah. not, and I love to leverage right. that. And I'm like, oh, teach me this, or what should we be doing in this area? So I think it's just a matter of when you have people on your team that are reporting to you, you just have to groom them, and you just have to say, you know, we're 
we're an organization that values and this and that and the other. And that might be coming in early and staying late and, you know, working in an office mm-hmm. setting versus, you know, working from home and whatever the situation is. Um, but at the same time, they bring a lot of skills, too, which is they're quick learners. They love technology. Mm-hmm. They love being online. They know different ways to connect with consumers right. that maybe we wouldn't generally speak of. So I think it's just about leveraging that. I have found that each company that I work at, you know, you come in contact with, you know, the younger generation and it differs every company that I've worked at. So I think it, it has a lot to do also with the company expectations that you set forth and the type of people that you're hiring. Just making sure that you're getting people that are going to work well within that organization. And when you don't, you're always going to have problems. But, you know, I would agree that, you know, there tends to be a little bit of, you know, maybe sometimes a sense of entitlement with the younger kids in general. But I think that that's something that, you know, maybe even I had when I was quite a bit younger but that you kind of mature and grow out of some of that. Right. So I don't know if it's necessarily just because of the time that they were born in, but rather maybe their youth. I found the article interesting um, that uh, Ashley had shared with us, and there was a quote by a person who said, the key wasn't managing the groups differently, but equipping them all with the same skills and to help them learn leadership mm-hmm. strategies. Mm-hmm. And I actually liked yeah. how that person had phrased that. Because I think we, at least here, I think we really do uh, strive for the importance of mentoring people, you know, trying to bring them up to speed. Well, this is how we've done it in the past. But, you know, some things we have to stay the same. And here Mm -hmm. are the reasons why. Mm -hmm. And other things, you know, tell us a new way of doing it. Right. But I think in the, the bottom line is like in a work environment, Sometimes you just have to be patient um, with, you know, like moving ahead. Things just don't necessarily move at warp speed in a business environment. Mm -hmm. It could be different in other industries. I don't know. No, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. And I think, you know, this this article had a lot of just really great points um, in regards. And one of the things that I kind of gathered, too, is that this generation is used to collaborating, which I guess I haven't necessarily seen that much because they're used to social media and getting feedback from any possible person they can. I mean, they're posting anything and wanting as much feedback as they possibly mm-hmm. can get. I mean, everybody wants the likes that their oh, that their comment yeah. was liked. And so they're asking for feedback. And so to me, I feel like, you know, that generation may be more open to having the feedback, gathering the collaboration, you know, being open to discussing additional items, things like that. And I don't think people necessarily look at it that way. Do you think that they're open to dislikes? <laughs> they like the positive you know, feedback, out. certainly. But. You know, I know because we all are into about wanting the likes. Right. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes in, in a workplace setting, it's not a dislike, but it's like, oh, by the way, you might want to do this different. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's true. None of us like to hear that. No. Right. Regardless, of, regardless of our age. <laughs> you know Touche. You want to know a funny story, though? So I'll admit to the listeners that I'm on the very last year of what they call the baby boom, boomers. So I don't really quite well with my mom, but the baby boomers is a wide gap. So when I graduated from college and I went into the workforce, it was really the first time that adults that were my parents' age or older were peers. And I had a hard time calling them by their first name. 
Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, my parents' friends, I never called. Yeah. By yeah. Their first no, name. Never did. So, you know, I went into the workplace and it was like, I'm meeting all these people. And it took me a while before I even addressed them by their name. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Things are different now. I can relate to that, Lynn. <laughs> Being a little older than you. Yeah, a little. A little. <laughs> All right. So um, I have a workplace etiquette topic for us today. So basically, here's the question. When someone is out of the office on vacation, PTO, comp time, even disability, what guidelines do you personally use when you decide when you must call a person with a work-related matter? When it's an emergency. <laughs> <laughs> and can't wait till right. they return to the yeah. office. Yeah, when it's critical, I yeah. think. Yeah, when it's an emergency. I mean, if the way I see it is if someone is gone, it should never be visible to outsiders, even like in a different department, that there is a changing of the guards. I firmly believe that. We should not be we should not skip a beat. If there is something that's critical and we need to contact that person because it's going to cause this mess, obviously that was one thing that you need to self-reflect on and wonder, well, why did that happen? Because <laughs> that shouldn't occur. Right. There should be no changing of the car. It shouldn't I, that's kind of how I'm, I constantly look at things. I'm constantly telling my direct reports document that process because we need to make sure that if you weren't here that we could, you know, continue on and whatnot. I think that if it's an emergency and um, we really need to get in contact with that person or else we're not going to be able to move forward, then you have to contact them. But I can't really— I like that. Mm -hmm, If you mm -hmm. can't move forward. Right, right. Meaning— you can wait till Monday if it's a Friday. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I feel like um, I've dealt with people that have been a little less um, patient in regards to that, and they think everything is an emergency. And so oh, I, I think, know that one. Yeah. yeah. I think, um, <laughs> you know, with those things, you do have to set those boundaries, let people know, okay, here's a situation that it's not an emergency, and here's where it would be. And if you can just kind of lay out to, you know, individuals, on that, then it might be a little bit easier for them to know when they should be following up with you or um, reaching out. But I definitely agree that, you know, emergencies only. I used to work in healthcare, and in those, there's some situations when you're talking about medication and maybe somebody forgot a signature on, you know, did they give a med, did they not give a med? So when when you're talking about health and maybe life and death situations, that to me is a little bit more important. But when you're talking about, you know, did you turn in this assignment on time or, you know, a piece of whatever that's missing from, you know, say a report, you know, those kind of things in this type of a business world, to me, those can always wait, you know, especially if somebody's on, you know, maybe an extended leave, maybe they're on you know, a couple weeks vacation or well, maternity, you know, maternity leaves. leaves. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, you also get into the guidelines about, you know, are they a salary person versus an hourly person? Because then, you know, if you're oh. bothering them at home, you may need to pay them. Right. That's so, true. I mean, you really have to think about that as well. 
Yeah, I um, I think here everyone is very nice when they are going on PTO or vacation or whatever. And it's like, you know, I'm going to be gone from this state to this state. Here's my phone number if there's any emergencies. You know, and I know Jacqueline and I, we've joked and it's like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll text you or whatever. Oh, yeah. But it's like <laughs> I would just feel appalled if I'd ever have to really contact you on anything. And yeah. I know you would be okay <laughs> well, of with course. it. But, you know, it's just um, it's just something you don't mm-hmm. want to cross if you don't have to. Yeah. You just want to appreciate a person's personal time. Mm-hmm. Well, that, too. And they might not even be accessible, like, right. oh, near right, a computer right. and be yeah. able to even help you. So now what are you doing? Now you're creating anxiety for them because now you're they're aware of whatever mm-hmm. the situation right. is. And then they're like, well, I can't even help you because I'm nowhere near a computer. Right. right. So now. So now, until I get home, I'm going to have this gnawing at me. Um, yeah. So that's also another thing that I think listeners, you've got to pay attention to is if am I, when I call this person, I'm, you know, taking a gamble that they might not even be able to help me. And now, now I might you've, get extra. You've ruined their mm-hmm. vacation. Yeah. Right. Or yeah. now you're creating a bigger scene because now you're getting constant phone calls. Keep me updated. What happened? Were you able to talk to so-and-so? And were they able to get it for you? Oh. And, you know, and <laughs> yeah, it's just true. <laughs> Oh, so you got to think about that. You got to think ahead. That's a good point. Yeah, you could get more than you bargained for. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, listeners, beware of that one. So, Jacqueline, you are going to bring the quad to a close with our final topic of the I day. think this is the first time I've ever really closed. I'm kind of excited. I'm oh. a closer. <laughs> um, we are an organization that... Let's be honest, we have our fair share of happy hours, and we do enjoy them. And it's just a really great opportunity for people to hang out, get together, and just enjoy each other's company outside of work, have some appetizers, um, some pop, and, you know, whatnot, (laughs) and just relax. But I just wanted to know what tips and advice do you guys have for our listeners out there who are maybe attending their first happy hour with an organization? Because I think sometimes when you think happy hour, you think, oh, wild and crazy, you know, let's drink a lot of alcohol. And that's (laughs) – and for me, that's not the case. I'm not going to happy hour to get a full dinner and get my margaritas in. I'm not. I'm going there to enjoy it. But, no, but you know, you guys laugh. Right. But there are people oh, who yeah. think they like, oh, that. I'm getting wild and crazy and I'm going to eat my oh. dinner. And, you know, and it's and and I, I want to know what your thoughts and maybe tips that you can provide or best practices to our listeners out there, how to handle yourself appropriately when you go to a work outing. What is it? But more importantly, what is it not? Personally, I sometimes I'm not a big fan, depending on how you handle it. But I think if you're going to have a happy hour, which includes alcohol, I think you need to provide enough food so that people don't get silly. Mm, because especially if you're point. doing it after work, people maybe haven't eaten. Yeah, uh, right. So, you know, I know that even if I have something at noon, which I forgot to do today, <laughs> Uh-oh. by 5 o'clock, you, you know, only get I'm one tonight. really hungry. So <laughs> if I were to drink an alcoholic beverage, that would totally go to my head. So I yeah. think that if you're going to have alcohol, you really need to provide some food. And like Jacqueline said, even if it's appetizers, just make sure that there's enough for everybody and people aren't drinking more than they're eating. And you, you never want to get silly at those things and say something that you really wouldn't have said during the workday. Yeah. And I think as leaders or, you know, if you have a team, it's important to address those things previous to going to a happy hour mm-hmm. because, you know, like you said, Jacqueline, there could be first timers going to these happy hours and um, 
they just may not know what the etiquette is and would be afraid to ask potentially what the etiquette is. Um, So I think, you know, if you do have people reporting to you or, um, you know, anything in that situation, it would be important to just let them know, okay, here's what the etiquette has been in the past Mm -hmm. and be sure to follow that and not to get too unruly, of course. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I think for me, happy hours are, you know, about getting to know new employees and people that you may not communicate with on a daily basis. And to do that, you don't really need anything else but an open space to to talk. Is there, do you have like a, a limit on how many drinks, alcoholic beverages one should have? Because I know a lot of times people go and they'll just get a, pic- a pitcher because it's just, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. it's, it's bulk, it's more cost effective and whatnot. Um, any thoughts on on how many I mean, I probably would, I would never go over two, but I would probably sip one drink while I'm there if I'm having an alcoholic beverage, and that would be it. I think you just have to, um, you know yourself, mm-hmm. um, you know, try and remain, uh, try and yeah, maintain professionalism. I mean, you can still have fun without, you know, you're still right. not out with your right. group of friends. No, you're not. <laughs> um, and if you're in a situation where you have to drive home, You have to Mm -hmm. remember that. Um, I know in some of our other offices, they take public transportation. So those happy hours tend to be a little different than than the happy hours (laughs) in this office. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of food and a lot of drink. (laughs) But, yeah, I think, um, you know, there's just that whole drinking driving thing that you have to remember, too. All right. And then the last question I wanted to ask about this is, again, for our listeners out there, I don't think that they think about this um, really, is that obviously the company's putting it on, the company is paying for it. What's the proper etiquette to thank the host, the hostess, whoever, um, for putting this gathering together and saying, hey, thanks for the opportunity to, you know, mingle with the, the colleagues? I think it's always good to thank mm-hmm. um, whoever's organizing it. Uh, you know, our company is smaller, so, you know, the owner actually comes with us and everyone knows him. Um, at other organizations, you know, I worked at a mutual company, so it was owned by the policyholders. But there was still a manager there. There was still right. a person who organized it. And um, it's always nice to, you know, to to thank people mm-hmm. at the end. Or if, you yeah. know, if it's a big gathering and you can't thank the person at the end, send them an email the next day and say you had a good time. But that is if important, right? Oh, right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think okay. anytime you go anywhere social, you acknowledge the people that, you know, whether it's to someone's home, you're always thanking them. Yeah. I don't think that's yeah. just normal etiquette. All right. Oh, another good one. So once again, we've given you some food for thought and some helpful tips as well, hopefully. If you would like to suggest topics for discussion on the LJN Radio Quad, send a message to LGN Radio at localjobnetwork.com. Tell us how your company collaborates well with Generation Y. For Jacqueline Peterson, Laura McBain, and Ashley Fitzgerald, I'm Lynn Molitor. Thanks for listening. 